right. Okay, okay. All right, you guys ready? Are you guys ready? Let's go. No, that's good. You guys are ready for the word, not the Mountaineers. All right. So we are concluding. We are concluding our series today called Seasons. As you can tell, literally outside, things are changing. Have you noticed some leaves falling already on some of those trees? Yes. Yesterday I was out there with a backpack blower and just doing some work, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, it's coming. I'm so excited because I love fall. Anybody else love fall? Favorite season. How many... How many of you guys already had some pumpkin spice something another? Anybody have any pumpkin spice something another already? All right, I see those hands. All right. So today we are going to be concluding this series on seasons. And um, as we talked about throughout this, seri- this series, uh, there's some key, key thoughts that really stood out when it comes to seasons in life. The first thing was about change. We talked about change. And how many of us, raise your hand, do not like change? All right, put it down. How many of you like change? Raise your hand. I am the one that does not like change, and I don't naturally gravitate toward things changing. I like things staying the same. But how many of you know in life, nothing ever stays the same? So we know that it can still happen in a good way, that God can bring change, that it starts in the heart, remember that, uh, that it requires, requires proper care, and it's meant to be multiplied. Then the next week, we talked about a word called obedience, all right? And I know this probably wasn't the most fun for us, um, because we're thinking, man, am I a beer? Am I someone that is obedient and being with Jesus, being with God, the the Holy Spirit in this relationship, or am I more likely to be a doer? So where's my natural, this is okay, we're going to do, do a personality test, where's my natural beers that you're okay with, with not doing a bunch of stuff, all right, beers, any beers, okay, there's very few of us, that's normal. How many doers in here? We got a, a list of things every single day we're going to accomplish or we didn't do anything in the day, all right? That's me. I can be that way so often. Uh, The art of being versus doing with Jesus. Mary, she showed us that, right? Mary was so great that it starts with relationship, that it will cost you something. It doesn't have to make sense to everybody around you, right? When God is doing something and he's, he's challenging you toward obedience, it doesn't have to make sense. And your obedience is a pleasing aroma to God. Your life being lived the way it should smells good in the nostrils of our Heavenly Father, right? You think about that because she put that perfume all over Jesus, and it was just such a beautiful scent. And we were challenged, what kind of scent does our life give? Are we ones that are pleasing in the nostrils of God? Does he look down and say, that is my child. I am so proud of them and so happy with them. I am, I am pleased with them. So obedience. So I was thinking to myself throughout this, how in the world are we supposed to land something like seasons? How are we supposed to land a series that, you know, we understand that change is going to happen, that God is challenging us to obedience? Uh, how, how are we going to land a conversation like this? Our theme verse throughout the whole time has been from Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, forgetting the former things, not dwelling on the past, seeing that he is doing a new thing, and it's springing up. Do we not see it? Do we not perceive it? He's making a way in the wilderness. Thinking about how will we conclude this series, a word came up to me through this week, just praying and thinking, continue, continue. 
And, and this is a lot of times, you know, a, a hard theme for me to, to understand in my own life because another word for that continue is to remain. This is really difficult for me. And it's funny how Matt, you know, obviously prayed and prepared our worship set and talking about being still. It is probably one of the hardest things you will ever learn to do as seasons come at you without any control any ability to manipulate or make a change in for the most part. It's life coming at you. What is your job to do? Knowing that change will happen, being obedient, but this hard thing remaining. To continue unchanged, stay in the same place or with the same person or group. Some antonyms. To bail out, to depart or leave, to move, to quit, to take off or walk out. And I don't know about you guys, but to, to remain in the faith has been, I, I would say, probably one of the hardest things growing up. When I say remain in the faith, it's not me just you know, saying no to Christianity and being a Christ follower, but to continue unchanged when things change around me. To stay in the same place, to be obedient or with the same group of people, what God is saying over my life and, and us as well, it, it's hard to remain. Can anybody identify with this? It's hard to, to be still and know that He is God. It is hard to remain in a place, and I picture it, us just standing there. Have you ever, you ever played that game where you try to hit the hands and the person, you know, you know, you hit their hands and they, if they fall, they lose or whatever. And if they hit, you fall, you lose. Isn't it hard to stay in one place and stay still and remain when it feels like all the time somebody's trying to knock you off? Anybody with me on that? Yeah. Are you in this life with me? Because I feel like it's always something. And that's not bad. I'm not Debbie Downer on this. This is just the reality of life. I've come to grips with it and I'm okay with it. Anybody with me? This is just life. You save up for this, and all of a sudden you get a major financial blow. Are you with me? You know what I mean? You're just like, God is doing great things, and all of a sudden something hits you in the rear, and your car is all totaled. You're like, oh, back to the drawing board. You, you, you sign up for this degree, or you sign up for this thing, and all of a sudden the classes are all filled, and you can't mess up your whole order of your whole, your whole college career, right? You know what I mean? Or you're on this, this track at work, and I'm going to climb here and climb here and climb here, and by then I'll be there and praise God. I'll be out of this house. I'll be out of this situation, blah, 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 and then it doesn't end up the way you expect. That's not like Debbie Downer. I mean, it's not, I'm not trying to depress you. I'm just saying this is life. This is life. This is what seasons look like. But how will we remain unchanged, meaning standing in the place that God has brought us to through our obedience, and understanding that he's bringing the proper change. But when these things come at you, how do you stay with your feet firmly planted? Okay? One of my favorite, and I say this a lot, but literally one of my favorite, and came up in devotions this week, John 15. And you may already know it, where Jesus teaches about the vine and the branches. But when we look around John 15 in Scripture, whenever you read Scripture... Look around the conversation that you're reading. It's called context. You'll see the bigger picture and what the author is trying to say here. The author and the perfecter of our faith, the author of life, our Savior Jesus. It's written in red all around it because around it we hear promises of His Spirit being in us and with us, never leaving us, forsaking us, giving us patience, giving us calmness, becoming a counselor. Do you see what I'm saying? 
because he's talking to his disciples and that I'm leaving, not a newsflash, but it is to you maybe, I'm leaving and I'm going to give you someone that's going to comfort you. I'm going to take care of you. But nestled in the middle of this is this thing that we have, this opportunity called remaining. So let's look at it for a moment. I'm going to read to you. You can read along on your screen. And then we're going to be challenged by what Jesus said to his disciples as he challenged them to remain regardless of what's punching them every single day kind of thing. I wasn't really angry, just for emphasis. So we're fine. Okay, you're with me. So let's start. John 15, 1 through 17. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. We'll make sense of this later. You're thinking, this is great. I don't know what you're talking about. Just listen. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remember his audience, disciples, but also you today. And then he starts with the remains, okay? Remains, there's, there's like 20 of them. I think that's how many it was. Or no, 10 plus, that's what it was. 10 plus. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Don't check out on me. I know you've read this scripture or even heard it spoken from me many times. Verse 5. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up Thrown into the fire and burned. How many got a pile at home right now? I do. Okay, I see that hand. All right, you know what I'm talking about. Can't wait to burn it up. Tired of it. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, remain, you hear it? Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory. Jesus always talking about the Heavenly Father. That you bear much fruit. It is to his glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept the Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. You probably say to yourself, man, why are you always making it about me getting outside of myself and loving each other, loving somebody, spending time with somebody? 
diminishing all the things that I'm going through or what have you just to reach out to someone else. Well, part of the reason is we've captured the heart of Christ here and it's sown, it is a common thread that is sown all throughout Scripture about who we are supposed to be in this world. We can't get around it. We can't skirt around it. We can't find our way around it because it always seems like every conversation ends at this, doesn't it? Have you noticed that as a theme in a lot of our series? It ends with you going out. It ends with you becoming what you're supposed to be. It ends with us being what Jesus wanted us to be in this moment, people that are to go. But there's some deeper things happening here that I think we need to get a hold of first. There's some deeper things that we're going to glean from this scripture that, that I didn't realize until I studied it more and studied it in a different way and studied it in today's context of life. The first part was this in John 15, 4. We see this, when we remain, he remains too. You're like, duh, right? You're like, dude, this is like first grade stuff. Come on, man. Of course I can see that in scripture. Why'd you get that into Greek? Oh, good job. You know what I mean by this? That's a normal response. But, but hold on, hold on one second. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. There's some remaining realities that we need to understand. We talked about it in our first conversation about the seed being planted in good soil. Our relationship with him is rooted in that relational basis. Do you understand that God wants to be close to you? Think about that. A lot of times, how do you picture God? Mount Sinai, Moses coming down with the word. God, this morning we woke up, if you did, like I did. Did you hear that thunder? Okay, did you hear that outside? No, I wasn't playing the song yet. I played it later. But did you, did, you, did you hear what was going on outside? I was pumped. I'm like, the majesty of God being put on display. I love it. He's, come on, let's do this. I want to watch it happen. The same God that orchestrated all of this wants to be in relationship with you. He is always, let this blow your mind. He has always desired to be close to you. But we think about that and we're like, there's no way he wants to be close to me. Have you, have you been in the seasons of my life? That's not God. What, what kind of father would allow that kind of stuff to happen? If he loves me so much, well then, bah, 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 we make the list. See, that's where the deception starts in the beginning. But no, but his desire from the very beginning, so much so, let this sink in major. Listen, really think about this. We're going to celebrate it later. He sent his only begotten son. You're like, I heard that in Bible school. I'm sure, but did it work yet? He sent his only son to die for you, to show you, to show you how much he loves you. Let it sink in. Think about it. Sometimes we just skirt around and be like, oh, that's good. Yeah, Jesus saved your cross on the wall, church on Sunday, fun. Jesus died for you because he wanted to connect you to the Father who has loved you since the beginning. Since the beginning. And since the beginning... The liar, the deceiver, the devourer has sought to obliterate that relationship with every single season of your life. Look back. Doesn't it make sense? Start making sense of this stuff. Devil hates it when you make sense of it. He hates it because you're getting power up in here. You're like, oh, I get, oh good job. That was a good one. That was good. You tried that before, but this time it didn't work because I remember from last time. See what I'm saying about this? Every season he's trying. 
But we see that God is the gardener, too. That he's the one that judges whether we're bearing fruit or not. That God is the one that cuts and prunes. God is righteous and just, and he has a standard. Have you ever been in those houses where, where uh, and maybe it was your house growing up, parents didn't have rules? You ever, somebody's eyes are getting big with me. Have you ever seen those houses or been in those houses where all of a sudden the kids just run amok? You know what I'm talking about? That's a fun word, amok. Have you ever been in those houses where there, are, there is no order whatsoever? No standard? Have you ever been in that classroom? Have you ever been with that professor? Have you Whatever. That stuff don't work. That don't work long, t- long term. That's not going to work. See, we have a just God who is the eternal judge forever, and that's okay. I'm fine with that who has given us commands to abide by to help us along the way because you know what? He wants our very best, his best for us. So he's the one that will cut off things that shouldn't be there and prune things. The pruning brings growth. It does. We don't often like it, but it brings growth to our lives. And he gets rid of the things that shouldn't be there to keep the rest of the plant, you, healthy. See, God's greatest desire for your life, believe it or not, even though you may not have had a good father or a good representation, God's greatest desire for your life is that you bear fruit. But here's the hardest part. Remaining is a choice. Think about it. I'm like that guy in life. Jonathan, my brother, now he's over to have brother. It's my brother. God bless you. Uh, we were talking about patience yesterday. And he was helping to mow my lawn and I, I was mowing some other stuff. And I was coming back down the road and I looked at the most beautiful lines back and forth that he made on the... And he said, I'm just mowing. I'm like, no, that is beautiful. That is an artwork. That is a... I said, you are so patient. He's like, no, I'm just... I'm like, you have patience enough to take the time. This is why he's like an amazing mechanic and builder and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, man, I think we can outsource this for maybe a lot less... You know, I just, I don't, because of the patience factor. How often do we become impatient with God when he's in the midst of grabbing a hold of us and he's like, hold on, stop it. Like trying to comb my daughter Andalyn's hair. Stop, get out. I'm like, girlfriend, you got a rat's nest going. You can't go out like that. (laughs) But how often do we squirm and choose not to be obedient and to come up under God's authority in our lives? Not really believing or understanding that his plan is always the best. His greatest desire, relationship. We have a promise that Christ will remain, but what happens in the midst of this is the problems that come up and hold us back, right? Problems, like I talked about earlier, maybe it's money, jobs, education, relationships, friendships, basically people, I'll put it in all caps here, can I get an amen? But the promise is that he will remain in me and I will remain in you. Jesus giving a promise. The Father will remain in me, and I will remain in you. Choose to live in the promise so that you don't have to perish in the problems. So important. Second thing, when we remain, we do receive. You're like, oh, of course. Number first, This is second grade. Thank you for that. Yeah, I read that in the scripture too, and I got the same point, but just follow with me. John 15, 5. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain, remember that choice there, in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit, Apart from me, you can do nothing. You will bear much fruit. 
This makes you think, well, if I stay in God, that means I will have the perfect job. I will have the perfect relationship. I will have all the money that I need. I will have all the education that I need. Everything will be fine. Thank you, Lord. That is so fruitful. That sounds like a fruitful life, right? He's talking about fruit that will help you respond well as you remain in every single season. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. You already know it. You may have heard it before. Fruit of the Spirit, it starts with love, moves to joy, goes to peace, comes to forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control last, and most importantly, I think, in many different ways. Against such things, there is no law. Promised fruit that he wants to give you. Not promised byproducts of fruit. Not apple juice, he wants to give you the apple. Okay? Do you know what I mean by that? The promised fruit. When we remain, our current identity changes in him. What happens in this moment? 2 Peter 1, 5 through 8. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith, goodness. To your goodness, knowledge. Knowledge, self-control. Self-control, perseverance. Perseverance, godliness. Godliness, mutual affection. To affection, love. For if you possess these qualities, if you possess this fruit... In an increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive for kingdom work. But whoever does not have them, verse 9, is nearsighted and blind, forgetting they have been cleansed from their past sins. So often we forget that. Therefore, my brothers, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, right? For if you do these things, you will never stumble. I think that's a pretty big promise. Never stumble. I don't know about you, but doubt creeps in when I hear something like that. Are you with me? Because I'm thinking, you know what? It's inevitable. I'm going to screw up. I'm going to mess this thing up somewhere. It's inevitable because that's just what I do. We have a promise in this way that if we remain, not only will our past be changed, but our future will be changed as well. So we see that there is something important here that we have to understand that God is talking about this relationship between us and him that happens through Jesus. We see on the first part of Jesus speaking with his disciples here that it's so important that you remain in God as I have remained in God and I will remain in you, okay? And then you will bear fruit. Does that make sense? Well, we see a switch in the scripture and a switch in the conversation. And it's moving more away from what we are to receive to what we are to give. See, there is a switch that happens between verses 5 and 11 in the conversation. Excuse me, 5 and 12. Jesus tells us in verse 9, and this is going to make some sense to you, as the Father has loved, which is a verb, which means to God took pleasure in us, long for us, an action that he had, right? A verb, that he had loved you so much that we are to remain in that love, which turns into a noun, benevolent and goodwill, a possession that we have. So God took pleasure in you. He looked at you and said, oh, how precious. Man, do I love this child. This child right here, apple of my eye, so excited to see what this child's going to do. I can't wait to see what, what's going to happen to their lives. They, they're going to carry my heart, a benevolent, loving heart. I can't wait to see it happen. Verse 10, if you keep my commands, his commands were easy. That's what I love about Jesus and his yoke. It's what he said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, right? 
Love the Lord your God with everything in you. Just leave it simple like that. And then he said, love your neighbor as yourself. And he goes on to simplify it even more that his command, again, around this scripture is to love your neighbor as yourself, to love your friend, to love those around you. If you you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, that noun, that benevolent, goodwill, God-giving love, just as you remain in the Father's love. I have told you this so that my, my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I don't think that's just tacked on there. I think that's something important for us to understand because the greatest thing we desire in this life, we call it happiness, but it's joy. That in every single season, you're able to say, okay, I see the reality. I see what's going on here. But I'm going to choose to remain. And I know as a byproduct of that, I will have the fruit of the Spirit. I know that I won't stumble in this moment. And more than anything, I will have joy. And people will look at me and ask me, what kind of drugs are you on, given what is going on in your life? And you will say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. He will give you joy. People don't get that, do they? I don't even get it sometimes. Joy in the midst of this? Do you see my season? Yes, he sees your season because he's in it with you. Do you understand what's, yes, I understand. I have never left you nor forsaken you. Do, you. do you even know what's, yes, my spirit is in you, giving you strength and giving you joy out of places you never expected it would come from? Joy. How will you remain in each season? It starts with the heart, continues with disciplines, and then it's sustained step by step. What does this mean? you got to have a healthy heart. We've talked about this throughout this series. And if you're healthy, if your heart is healthy, if your mind is healthy, joy will flow out of you. You will bear fruit. You have to have disciplines. You have to have disciplines. You cannot get away from it. I was that guy, grew up, hated a calendar. Anybody with me? I hate a calendar. Why? Because you're telling me what to do. I'm going to do what I want. Get off me. You know what I mean? Anybody understand what I'm talking about? I don't like it. But the thing is, if I've got a job that God has for me to do, to number one, bear fruit and share fruit, then I've got to allow things to be organized a little bit. It's what I've got to do. I'm willing to do that. It's worth it. I've got to have disciplines in my life or I will not make it. Because out of my disciplines, I'm able to have life. And then continuing, getting up and walking every single day. And I'm not talking about for health. I'm not talking about for heart rate. Getting up and moving because he will sustain you. You will see it step by step. To remain in his love, we must respond in his love. And this is where that change has happened. My command is this, love, for you to take action, pleasure in, and wish well or prefer. A choice, a preference. He preferred you, now you prefer them. Each other as I have loved you. Greater love, the noun here, benevolent goodwill, God-giving has no one than this to lay down one's life for your friends. We are to prefer one another. We are to look to one another and help one another. I've noticed that in the last couple, uh, probably months of my life, that I haven't given enough to people that would not give anything in return. What does that mean? When's the last time I've done something like missional? Like a mission trip, for instance. 
When's the last time that I was, you know, obedient to God's leading and, and gave something above and beyond tithe and offering kind of thing to the church and whatever? When's the last time I, I was obedient? And, and I feel like I don't give enough in this way. I don't prefer to go out of my way. I'll, I prefer to stay within the confines and the rules and the regulations that make sense. But God is challenging me to prefer above and beyond. Do you know what I'm saying by this? To get a little uncomfortable to help other people. I can stand up here all day and do this. This is fine. But how about out there? Are you with me? To prefer them over me. Prefer them over me. If we don't respond with true and genuine love, then we're hypocritical of what Jesus challenged us to do. Think about it. We can all be this way. It has to be preferential, which is an action, and benevolent, which is a heart condition, giving that kind of love. And the last thing is this. Worship team, if you guys want to make your way, and we're going to get into communion here in just a few moments. Really excited. The last thing, to remain in his love, we have to remember that he loved us first. You're like, duh. No, 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 no. Just for a moment. Just for a moment, close your eyes with me. Don't fall asleep, because I wouldn't mind to as well. I know it's nice and warm in here, and you're thinking lunch and all kinds of good stuff soon. I'm with you. Good thoughts, good thoughts. However, close your eyes for just a moment. And I want you to remember the moment when you felt the love of God through Jesus in your life. This is what communion's about. This is what remembering what Jesus did is about. This is about that moment in which you tangibly felt grace. The man, it doesn't matter what I've done. He loves me so much that he's taken it away. Wow. That you tangibly felt forgiveness. Wow. Not only did he take it away, but like I don't hold the debt anymore. I don't have to carry this anymore. He really loves me. Remind yourself, go back to the point in which you, you can see just the compassion of God through Jesus in your life because of what he was doing in your heart in that moment. Remind yourself of that time you felt like you, you just, you, maybe it was an altar experience growing up at a youth camp or so. I don't know what it looked like for you. Maybe after a service or maybe at your home on your couch or, or in your, your quiet space that you spend with God, but you were just overwhelmed by the love of God through Jesus. Can you remember that time? That's where, that's where God wants you every day. And what happens in the seasons of life, things rob that attention. Things rob those memories. Lies rob that truth of who Jesus is and pull you away from that peace that he desires for your life. Say, oh, that was just a thing. Did God really do that? Does that sound familiar? I don't know, maybe the beginning of time when the enemy was deceiving even then. Did God really say that? Did that, man, there's no way you could be forgiven of that. That is so catastrophic and terrible. Do you see what you did to people around you with that decision? Remember what it was like to look in the face of Christ 
and see the forgiveness that he gave. Remember what it was like to see the nail-scarred hands. Remember what it was like in that moment that you understood the love of Jesus Christ for you, that he was more than a myth, more than a legend, more than a story, more than a good man. He became a personal savior. Because if we are reminded of how much he loves us in every single season, regardless what comes at us, we can remain. That we won't stumble and fall off. Yeah, we may get jostled a bit but that we will be able to remain in him as he has remained in us. Jesus, we are so grateful for you. The enemy we know, Jesus, does not want us to remember the joy of our salvation. All he wants us to think about and remember is the pain of our decisions, the brokenness that we were in, even the success that we've experienced on our own. But Jesus, you have challenged us today as you were obedient to the Father and you came and you took on human form still being 100% God and 100% man, but you took on human form to enter into our lives and into our suffering. And you challenged us and that I was obedient and you can do the same. That I was willing to even change form to come here and be obedient so that you could do the same. The challenge for us today, Jesus, as you challenged your disciples is to remain in you. To be people that possess that type of love, the noun form, this thing that we have, a benevolent love, willing to give kind of love. And that we are called to action with this love and that we begin to prefer, number one, you, but number two, them. And that we will see as we continue to move in this direction, you beginning to work things out for our good. That we will have fruit that we'd never had before that only gives glory to you, our Father above. Lord, that's what we rest in today. That regardless of what season will come, we will choose to remain in you. Because to remain is a choice that we have. So today as we respond in our hearts, we take that challenge seriously to number one, choose the one that's chosen us. And whatever has separated us from you, we ask for forgiveness on that thing so that as we get ready for communion here soon, we can celebrate that we have been redeemed And today, the 1st of September maybe, for the first time in our lives, we feel and know we have been completely forgiven and we will be able to remain through your power. Jesus, we thank you. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to the Foundry Podcast. We hope it has been a blessing to you. For more information on service times and upcoming events, visit our website at thefoundrywv.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at thefoundrywv.com.